Welcome in to the Backward Podcast. All right, Nick, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, let's get right into it. So I'm joined by Nick Chamberlain, who is one of my good buddies. We're going to be talking some football today. And whatever else you want to talk about, Nick. And we're obviously going to start with the biggest event, at least in America, that's coming up, which is obviously the Super Bowl. Nick, how are you doing, and what are your uh, first thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup? I am doing fantastic. My first thought is I want the 49ers to win. Well, so I think all of America was kind of, well, not all of America, minus the Chiefs and 49ers fans, were kind of pulling for the Ravens and the Lions. I know I certainly was. I wanted Lamar to get one. I love Jared Goff, but obviously it didn't happen to go that way. And I think I'm personally pulling for the Chiefs because I I know you're a Bengals fan. I I get that. And there's a lot of Bengals-Chiefs-hatred out there, obviously, because they've had some pretty big games against each other. But I really like Patty Mahomes. I'll I'll admit it. You know, the AFC Championship game was double-edged swords for us Bengals fans. Because you had the Ravens and the Chiefs. You know, as a division rival, you just have to hate the Ravens. And, of course, you have Mahomes, who has absolutely taken away opportunities, you could say, for Joe Burrow to win the Super Bowl. So I just really didn't want either team to win. So that was kind of fun to watch that game. Yeah, I, I get that for sure. And I used to... I know when the Patriots were good there for a while. I used to hate the Chiefs because they were like the new up-and-comer that was trying to get in our way. But now it's like we're so bad that I can just kind of pull for these teams. Like obviously I was rooting for the Ravens because I really like their team and Lamar and Harbaugh and all that. But I also I also like the Chiefs. I, I think they're a really good team and I can respect their greatness. But yeah, it is what it is. Patty Mahomes is really truly one of the greatest players I've ever seen of our generation. And I think the Super Bowl matchup is stacked all around. Obviously, we did a little bit of discussing um, some of the best players in this game before uh, we had this pod. And there's just a lot of really good players, obviously from the Niners side, but I was looking at the Chiefs, and they're also pretty stacked all around. Yeah, I know we we were trying to narrow down our top 10 list and like you said there's just so many great players like it was really difficult to get to just 10 so i know we even had like an honorable mention list so yeah it was it was incredible yeah it was incredibly difficult 
And it's really tough with like NFL and stuff too, because obviously there's like linemen and stuff, which I personally and I think most viewers of football, if they're honest with themselves, they they couldn't tell you who's really that great of an offensive lineman. It's just kind of what you hear from the media. It's like, oh, Trent Williams, Joe Tooney, like yeah, I, they they're talked about all the time. They're really good. Obviously, like Trent Williams is huge, so maybe that shows a little bit. But for the most part, I I couldn't tell you what makes these linemen that great or not or who's really awesome or not i don't know about you but that's my personal thought yeah it's just so hard to judge just because you know an off the line defensive line those are just two really overlooked positions that really matter more than well i shouldn't say more but as much as skill positions yeah well i would say there's always the thing quarterbacks the most important obviously kind of everything goes through them. But I think the second most important position in football is the left tackle position because I don't know if you've – it's kind of cringe, but the blind side always talks about this, the movie, and how the left tackle position is the quarterback's blind side and he has to be protected. And I think it really all starts with the big guys on the offensive defensive line in these games, and they're really the guys that are talked about least. But – do you want to get into this list here and uh, get going with our top 10 players of the Super Bowl? I think we should do that. So we're going to start at number 10, and I'll admit we cheated a little bit because there's so many great players, and I know me and Nick, we both had two players that we really wanted on this list. Nick really wanted Debo Samuel. And I get that. Devo Sam was a great player and one of the better receivers in the game today. And I wanted Legereus Sneed. So we split the position and went with Legereus Sneed slash Debo Samuel at number 10. <laughs> what are the thoughts there, Nick? See, I just really wanted Debo Samuel to be on this list just because I see him as a dual threat player. He is primarily a wide receiver, but he can also run the ball if needed, and he can just absolutely truck through defenders. That stiff arm is lethal. Debo's insane, and I've been playing some Madden recently, and I I always play with the Patriots playbooks. I'm just a Patriots fan, and I play as their team. But I'm like, you know what? Let me switch it up. I tried the 49ers playbook. It is so much fun. They have a lot of uh, two running backs in the backfield where one of the receivers is one of the running backs, and it's just is really fun. It's very creative offense. But yeah, Debo can kind of do it all. The biggest question mark with him is health. And obviously he's going to be out there for the Super Bowl. And that's going to be a big bonus for San Fran. And obviously Legereus Sneed. He was really one of the best cornerbacks in the league this year. And the Chiefs defense was great this season. And it kind of started with Legereus Sneed. Obviously another guy who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But he's one of the better cornerbacks in the game today. That's true. Yeah. So at number nine, we have Chris Jones, a guy that I alluded to just a second ago. He's been really one of the better defensive tackles in the league for, I don't know, the past decade, really. He's been a staple on this Kansas City dynasty. I would, I would call him a dynasty at this point. Oh, yes, no question. And also, if we go back to the beginning of the season, Chris Jones, if we remember, Chris Jones held out 
for a few weeks and really the Chiefs defense before he held out and after he held out is really just night and day how well they performed. So it's just nice to see that um, that big of an impact he has, that one player has on the team. Yeah, no, he's he's great. And I remember first game of the year, he's up in the press box, wanting more money. And once once he gets signed, it's it's a huge deal for uh, the Chiefs because it's basically been Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Travis Kelsey, obviously, Andy Reid, obviously. And the guy that's not talked about as much is Chris Jones on the defensive end, who's been there for the whole run. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just he's really good, man. He pressures the QB, can play run defense, and, yeah. At number eight, we have George Kittle. And it almost feels insulting to have him this low because of how good George Kittle is in the pass game and in the blocking schemes that they go with in San Fran. But the, it's just stacked overall. And I don't know about you, but George Kittle is probably one of my favorite players in the league just because of how likable and how good he is. Yeah, and I I think one reason we have him this low is really his age. Um, he's just really getting up there in age and just not the player he once was. There's, also, there's obviously still um, signs of George Kittle, you know, a great player, but He's just not the player he once was. I think I think he was uh, all pro this year, though, or not a not pro bowler, but like all pro first team, I think. So he had a, he had a really good year this year, even better than like Kelsey. Obviously, Kelsey, this playoff run has been unbelievable. But Kittle had a great season, and everything that I've heard, and I'm not going to pretend to be like a football expert because I I really am not. But everything I've heard is this man is just a monster in blocking, which is a huge part of being a tight end today. That is true. Yeah. So at number seven, we have your boy. We have a little QB action here. We have Patrick. No, not Patrick Mahomes. Brock Purdy. <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to let you take it away here with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I used to think the missing piece for the 49ers was quarterback but now I realize that Brock Purdy is just him he's he's just got the factor he's not you know he's not Mahomes he's not Burrow he's not Hurts but just something about that kid he just he's driven yeah he, he's really good and he has that kind of playmaking ability when they need it he's a guy that's surrounded by talent both on the defensive and offensive side but what I noticed is when he needs to make a play, he does it. He scrambled a lot the other game, had a bunch of really good runs. He had that game-winning drive against the Packers. He just, when they need a play, he makes it. And he kind of has that same quality that Patty Mahomes has. And obviously, I think Patty Mahomes is a lot better of a player. And I think he's better in that regard and the rest of the game, like the full four quarters. But... I think Purdy's great, and I definitely have been not a hater per se, but definitely have doubted him, and he's showed me up every time. I think a Mr. Irrelevant player will do that. Not many people are high in Mr. Irrelevant players, but yeah, Purdy's an exception. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, at number six, we have Nick Bosa, obviously. You know, defense player of the year last year, I believe. And 
he had a little bit of a not per se a letdown season, but not quite as good for his standards. And he still had almost 11 sacks. He was one of the leaders and pressures in the league. And yeah, it's just, he's Nick Bosa. He's really good at football. He's definitely flown under the radar this year. I feel like not a lot of people have talked about him, but as he said, he had 11 sacks this year, one of the best in the league. So I think six is a well-deserving, well-deserving place for him in this list. Yeah, we'll we'll go through a couple of these real quick here. Now, uh, I'm just gonna go five five and four here with Fred Warner, one of my favorite players in the league. He had four interceptions, four forced fumbles this year. His turnover machine had 132 tackles. I did a bunch of research the other day, so I'm sorry. I just had these off uh, last night at like 10:30. I was just looking up stats for these guys, and yeah, Fred Warner is just. He's a monster on defense. And then at number four, you have the best left tackle in football in Trent Williams. He's just a monster. He's huge. And I believe, what were the stats on Fred Warner again? Fred Warner had four forced fumbles, four interceptions, and I believe it was 132 tackles. To have four forced fumbles and four interceptions is insane. Again, I, go back, to, I go back to what I was saying about Debo Samuel, how he's a dual threat, how he can do both force fumbles and do interceptions. There's not many people in the league doing that. Yeah. And yeah, you, you kind of alluded to it there with Debo Samuel, the rushing threat and the receiving threat. Fred Warner is kind of the same thing on the defense end. He's just kind of that playmaker that can do it all. Yeah. And Trent Williams, just a great offensive tackle. His advanced statistics are really good, and I'm not going to pretend like I know what those mean, but he blocks well. <laughs> There's a reason that all fan bases want Trent Williams on their team. If you have oh, yeah. a team, your quarterback's not getting sacked. It's just not. Well, you, have you seen like the viral image of Trent Williams next to Kyler Murray? Have you seen this? I have not, but I can picture it in my mind. And it's it's, just... it's unbelievable. Kyler Murray, obviously already a pretty small player, pretty short and small in stature. And Trent Williams is just huge. It looks like Trent Williams is like three of Kyler Murray. It is actually insane. But Yeah, Trent Williams is a beast, and I wish he was a Bengal. Yeah. Sacked. I, wish, I wish he was a Patriot. I wish a lot of players were Patriots instead of what we have on offense right now. But yeah. T. T. Higgins, T. Higgins, New England. We liking that? I mean, I don't think he'll <laughs> stay a Bengal, but uh, if you want him, good luck, sir. Yeah, we'll try. But I don't know. I guess oh. we're gonna spend money over the saucy, and I, and I apologize. I just always always make it about me and my team. I'm just I'm ch- I'm kind of selfish, Nick. I'm sorry. I mean, who day, right? No, stop it. <laughs> Also, have you seen the Kyler Murray meme? It's like Kyler Murray running around looks like a toddler that stole something they're not supposed to have. Well, have you ever seen the show Gridiron Heights? I have. It's on Bleacher Report. And it is pretty funny because back when Kyler Murray was a rookie, they had these like baby voices on the rookies and stuff. And it was it was pretty funny. But it is so funny. Yeah, at number three, we have Travis Kelsey. Not a shocker there, right? One of the best times of all time, if not the best. Yeah, stop, stop with that bogus 
Robbie, Robbie Gronkowski. Have you heard of him? Well, if I was going to put someone in front of him, it would be Gronk. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that because I think Travis Kelsey is the better receiver in terms of like yards and receptions. I think Gronk is the far better blocker. He was really one of the greatest tight end or blocking tight ends ever. And he was also one of the greatest receiving tight ends ever because he was just a red zone monster. Absolute monster in the red zone. Yeah, Kelsey is more of just a receiver. That's yeah, you know, tight in his body. And that's not even like I think Kelsey's number two on the list. Like I think he's unbelievable. But yeah, yeah. And and number two, we have one of my personal favorites, being a Stanford Cardinal fan, or I, I kind of used to be, and now they suck, so I don't really follow them anymore. But Christian McCaffrey, I think he would be my MVP, honestly, for this season. Him or Tyree Kill over Lamar, but. They like the QBs, so probably not going to get it. Unfortunately, MVP is a QB reward. But yeah, when you're the Panthers giving, or when you're the 49ers giving up that many picks to the Panthers, then there's just a reason for that. It's You're trading for the best running back in the league. Yeah. And obviously, at our number one position is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in football right now. He sure is making that? a run. Who's who's better than him? Come on, Nick. Tell me. Nah. Yeah. Joey B. No, stop. Nah. Joey B even said he's better than him. Well, that's <laughs> fine. Whatever. I think Joe Burr is the second best player in football. If you include everyone that's... If you include, like, injuries and stuff. But... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I'm, it's, I'm, I'm the greatest of all time. Well, he just makes plays when it needs to be, or when he needs to make plays. He just makes them. And you saw that at the end of the game the other day. He makes that big throw to MVS down the field. Excuse me, I'm pretty sure he audibled out of the play because he knew pressure was coming. It was cover zero, I think, which means the corners are all pressed up. And, yes, that's that's one of like the only formations I really know on defense. But, yes, he's he's unbelievable. And... Yeah, some of our honorable mentions, Charvarius Ward, cornerback for San Fran. Uh, we had Brandon Ayuk. We had Creed Humphrey. We had, now, let's see if I can pronounce this right. It's a safety for the 49ers. Tulano Hufanga. He's really good, is what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, those are some honorable mentions. But... Nick, what are we thinking about the Super Bowl? What are some predictions we have? Predictions are... I'm going to go with not a lot of scoring. I, I don't know exactly what the under over-under is, but I like the under in this game. I think the 49ers defense is really good. Um, and I think the Chiefs don't really have a great offense minus Travis Kelsey. And um, so I just like the under this game. Yeah, they don't have a ton of weapons necessarily, but we'll see. San Fran has to start off good because these last two games, they've started off very slow, very, very slow, Nick. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the uh, Chiefs. And if they do, I think they're going to be in trouble. But the over-under is 47.5, so... I personally think it's going to go over. I, my score prediction, 
I'll just get out of the way here. I think it's going to be 27-24. And ready? Let me give you a little story time. Chiefs down four after Brock Purdy drives down the field and scores, handing it off to Christian McCaffrey. It is now 24-20 with one minute and 38 seconds remaining. Patrick Mahomes gets the ball. And you know, 138 is far too much time, Nick. Far too much time. He throws it 20 yards down the field to Travis Kelsey. Why is he open all the time? That people wonder. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. But they go ahead and drive up the field. A couple sneaky runs. They get MVS involved. They get some of the younger receivers involved. Oh, Pacheco. Give him the rock. Let him do a couple moves. They get down the field. And now we have 38 seconds left. They're on the 10-yard line. A couple plays later, they throw it into America's hero, Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift jumps up and down in joy. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And Kelsey proceeds to propose to Swift. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen, but I would not be surprised if it did. A chair got caught. I've heard there's some uh, there's some theories that it actually might happen. There was like a betting odd of like betting odds for it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's fake. But I can see it happening too. Anything's possible. Yeah. What's your final score prediction? Um, final score prediction. Give me twenty four twenty one Chiefs. Nice. And my MVP is Patrick Mahomes, the third. Obviously. <laughs> yep. Easy answer. Yeah. So what is your Super Bowl routine? Like, what what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be at home with the fam? Do you guys, like, go to a Super Bowl party, or how does it work with you? I'm going to be at home with my parents. Nice. Watching the game. And we like to do Super Bowl squares. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yep. And we, for each quarter, the winner gets $20. Ooh, big money. And we're also going to be eating B-dubs during the game. That's nice. So I have a story about B-dubs. The other day, me and my roommate, Caden, um, we went to go to get Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Do you know Caden? Um, Caden Seraphin? No, no, no. Caden Young. No, do not. Okay. Anyway, he's my roommate. And, uh, we go ahead and go over to B-Dubs, right? And, uh, Rookwood. They're closed. They, they shut down operation, man. I mean, I, underst- I understand it because, like, they were always empty and not very good service. And, I mean, not, not the, not the people's fault. I mean, it kind of is, but... <laughs> It was just kind of a mess. But I had like $25 gift card and I wasn't able to use it. So that was an L. And yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for this year's Super Bowl, honestly. We'll see. You know, I also have a story about B-dubs. A couple of years ago. Uh, it's probably more like a year ago. year or two. I don't know. But I was going to the B-dubs and I was... My favorite is the hot barbecue. And... I didn't see hot barbecue on the menu, and I asked the waiter, where's the hot barbecue? He says, we don't have it anymore. And I was very upset about that, and I was telling my friend about the story, and he goes, well, I guess hot barbecue wasn't selling. 
Sat on every time I went there. Yeah, exactly. I always, whenever I go to B-dubs too, I eat so much food there. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so good. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. And, yeah, man, I, I think this will be a good Super Bowl, getting it back to football. But, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that the Ravens aren't in it. And I think Mahomes is going to get his third Super Bowl, which I don't know where it puts him in the rankings. That's a lie. I do. I have my factual rankings right here. Factually, I'm ready. Factual. At number five. I'll have to add like a sound effect in or something. I have John Elway, and this is probably my least. My top four are pretty, pretty solid. I think five. You can you can put Elway there? You can put Marino. You can put Rogers, Breeze, whatever. I don't really care. Um, Favre. But at number four, I have Peyton Manning, and if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, and it looks decent. I think he's number three all time. Then obviously Joe Montana and the GOAT, my beautiful savior, Jesus Christ himself, Thomas Brady. I'm so jealous of you that you got to watch Tom Brady on your favorite team for 20 straight years. He's so good. I love that man. He's. I saw him in an interview on the McAfee show the other day, and he's, goddamn, he's boring as a rock. But he was goddamn good at football and seems like a pretty good dude. So, yeah, I love him. I mean, he's the goat. There's nothing else to say. I think but, he's cool. the. I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. I'll say it. I think he is, especially for how long you played. Because he wasn't. He was 45, I think, when he retired. Yeah, That's, I think it's a long time to play football. Definitely. And I know it's a stupid argument for who's the greatest athlete of all time, but I would put him over Jordan or LeBron, whoever you got there. Personally, I think LeBron, but have him over him. Put him over Tiger Woods. It's kind of tough because it's an individual sport. I would put him over Wayne Gretzky, Babe Ruth, um, all the tennis people. Um, no shot. You just said Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time. I don't really know who the greatest baseball player is of all time. Who is it? Don't say who I think you're going to say either. Who do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. Say it. Shohei Otani. No, stop, Nick. The greatest baseball player ever? Shohei Otani. He's never played in the playoffs, Nick. Baseball's a team sport. Yeah, but he's never... You have to have those playoff moments. My argument is... So there's always the Mike Trout stuff. Like, Mike Trout's the greatest baseball player of all time, some people say. I strongly disagree with it. Not necessarily his fault, but he's never had a big playoff moment. I would honestly probably put Mookie Betts over him. I know the numbers aren't there necessarily, but he has playoff moments. And I'm a little bit biased, I will say that. But goddamn, he has some great moments in the playoffs. Or he has big home runs, makes a great play in the field. And I think you need that to be considered the greatest. I think you do. But did you know that there are more Major League Baseball players in the Hall of Fame that have not won a World Series? 
and have one on one series. Yeah, but that's the Hall of Fame. We're talking about the GOAT. The greatest baseball player of all time. What about what, you, what about Barry Bonds? Thoughts on Barry Bonds? Barry he should be Bonds. I think he should be up there, honestly. I know I know the steroid scandal. I know the whole thing. But Oh, the steroids. Many, how many players in that era took steroids and still didn't do what he did? Yeah. Well the thing that people miss and I agree, I, it wasn't great that he did that. But first of all, steroids back in the day were like not monitored at all. I don't even know if there was a, an official rule against it. You probably know more than I do because you're honestly, a big baseball I'm not, guy. I'm not too sure about that. I got to look it up. But it, was, it wasn't it was like Barry Bonds was taking steroids in like this area or this era where it's like very um, – they're very strict about it. They test a lot. No, it wasn't like that. Like you could just take it, and it was kind of like a no one cared type of thing. No one tested or anything. Everyone was taking it. Uh, obviously, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa wasn't taking steroids. He claims. Oh yeah, right, Sammy. Okay. Clemens, uh, all all the big power hitters, and also Barry Bonds was an MVP. I think multiple time MVP before he even took steroids. Oh, yeah. Yes, he was. You know who my favorite baseball player is of all time, though? David Ortiz. Big Poppy. Big Poppy's... Oh, he's my GOAT. I love him. He's He was so good in the playoffs, man. He's of hit course bombs. You know. Of course you know who my GOAT is. Joey Votto? Of course. I would have to disagree, Nick. I think that's a bad take. I don't know. 2010 National League MVP. 300 home run club. He won two times? No. Only one time. 2010. Oh. Oh, I thought you said two times. Like, are you shitting me? No, 2010 National League MVP. Yeah. Nice, man. Well, good for him. But, anyways... Any more thoughts on? I think we, where would you put Mahomes if he wins another one? Let's just go back to football real quick. I would honestly put Mahomes second behind, of course, the goat, Tom Brady. Oh God, what a handsome man! Yeah, I'm gonna not comment on that part, but um, I think also with the hand that Mahomes was dealt, because he he used to have Tyreek Hill, he does not anymore. He's always had Travis Kelsey, obviously, but other than that, he really hasn't had any star wide receivers to throw to. So to do what he's doing with the hand he's dealt, it's insane. Yeah, he's he's great, man, and I actually really like him. I think he's a pretty good dude. People people will always nitpick you when you're at the top. That's the thing, like. People hate the Chiefs now. People hate Patty Mahomes. And 95% of the reason for it is just because they're really good. <laughs> that's that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. A lot of people won't admit it, but that's that's what it is. That's the same thing with, like, the Patriots. When we were great, everyone hated us. And now it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the next great dynasty-type team. And, yeah, that's what it is, man. Anyways, any more thoughts on that? Or... Um, 
Yeah, I'll just kind of add on to that. I I respect Holmes a lot for, you know, how good he is, but I've also, I also kind of admit that I, I hate him too because of how good he is. He's kind of stole a couple of Super Bowl championships from my boy Joe Burrow. So hopefully Joey yeah. gets one someday. I mean, Joey made it there and he kind of didn't get, get, didn't get the job done. So whose fault is it really? <laughs> I hope he gets offensive lineman. <laughs> I'm playing. Joe's great. Joe's great. I just hope he stays healthy, man. It sucks that he keeps getting hurt. I know. I feel like he's like always hurt. Hopefully, he's not like a injury luck situation. Yeah. But let's go to one more thing before we wrap it up. Thoughts on Xavier basketball? Because I know we've gone to a bunch of games this year. We both go to Xavier. Let's let's just. I want to see where your head's at right now after getting the win against uh, St. John's the other day and where we stand for the rest of the season. Um, It's not over. It's never over until it's over. I feel like if we had beat both Oakland and Delaware, um, we'd be much happier with the way things are going. We'd feel much better about our NCAA tournament hopes. For sure. Rally situation is we did not beat either Oakland or Delaware, and I think those are going to be the two reasons that we don't play basketball in March. Yeah, so I was thinking about that too a bit. The Delaware loss was really bad. That was a poor loss. Oakland was also bad, but I'll admit, like they were, they were a pretty solid team. But that's that's still not an excuse. We got to win those games. Those are supposed to be automatic W's for us. And then get it done. And we really haven't had a staple win yet this year. I had a dream the other night that like we beat UConn. And obviously that's that's really far away from the truth, unfortunately. We it's got blown up by points away. Yeah. Well, hey, it's only forty three. We only <laughs> lost by forty three to them. So excuse me. Yeah. I think I think this team has potential to make it in March. We're gonna have to start winning games. I would say the magic number would be maybe 18 or 19 wins. I think that might be able to get us in. Someone was saying the other day, if we're top six in the piggies, we'll have a decent shot. But I know if we're, if we're hovering around 500, I don't think that's going to be enough, personally. How many wins are we at right now? We're currently 11 and 10, I believe. Right? I think we're 5 and 5 in the Big East. Yeah. Yeah. Got the ball tonight. Should be six and five tonight. Should be. <laughs> Should be. Well, we're playing at nine thirty, which is crazy. I don't know. Our plans so late. No, I will be probably sleeping when it ends. I don't know. We'll see. What? Nine thirty? Come on. It is Saturday night, isn't it? What? It is a Saturday night, I guess. Yeah, you staying up? Come on now. Yeah, you got me. I'm, I'm staying there. Yeah, you're going to be watching. I'm going to be watching. After the game, we'll see. I don't know how long I'm staying up after that, but yeah. I just hope uh, I hope we keep on up in the minutes for my boy, Dalen Swain. Uh, I think we've got some good guards. The front court's a little questionable at times, but, you know, I'm just here for the ride. This is a fun team, honestly. I know they don't win as much as last year's, but, you know, they're enjoyable to watch. And they're in it for almost every game except for that UConn game. So, yeah. Especially that Purdue game when you go up to 
they were then the number one team in the country and almost beat them. I think the score, because I think we ended up losing by like 10 or 15 points. I think the score doesn't really do it justice to how bad or how good we played that game. I think they kind of ran away at the end, but we were yeah. in it most of the game. Well, same with Houston. We almost we almost pulled off that win, and they're, what, three in the nation now? So Yeah. We played a lot of good teams, and we almost beat UConn at home. Um, we played, like, the top three teams in the country this year, so our schedule has been really tough. But... Yeah, we statistically have the highest schedule in Division One basketball this year. Do we really? Okay. I mean, well, that's good, though. We have a... If if we're if our record isn't quite as good as other teams, we'd be like, hey, we played some of the best teams in the nation, and we played them pretty competitively, except for UConn once. <laughs> you know, we could just go win the biggest tournament, and none of that matters. I mean, that would be that would be delicious. That would be tasty. But scrumptious, you could say. Indeed. So, Nick, do you have anything else to say, or no? Um, there are three reasons I'm rooting against the Chiefs on, on February 11th. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, Nick. Thank you, sir. And we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day. See ya. <laughs>